Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of Shelter Daily in His Word. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Thank you for uh, just uh, continuing to support what we do. It's a great day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We're looking at Psalms 101 this morning, and we're going to take it a little bit further, and we're talking about the behavior of the believer, talking about all the holy living style that we're supposed to have as Christians. And we're going to be looking at that a little bit closer this morning, so get your Bible out, get your cup of coffee, sit down, have a uh, sit down with me. I'd love to be able to share this with you today. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get right into it. Father, thank you again for the opportunity. God, I just give you praise today for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that your word is uh, powerful, quick, sharper than a two-edged sword. Thank you, Lord, that it speaks to us. Thank you, God, for this is the day you've made. And God, today we're going to uh, just enjoy your presence throughout our day. And Lord God, knowing that you have called us, God, for such a time as this. So bless today, we pray, and we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, yesterday we started out looking at Psalms 101, and we read through Psalms 101 in the beginning. And we found out that, uh, that, that we're talking about a, a lifestyle, if you will, a behavior of what we are as Christians and what we're supposed to be. So how do we behave as Christians? And we noticed that the first thing that, that uh, the psalmist talks about is how that he sings about mercy and justice. So it's important for us to sing not only about mercy, but to sing about justice. And we're talking about uh, the ability that God, you know, yes, he, sh he, he loves us, but at the same time, we also know that God is good all the time. He's not God. He's not good just sometimes. He's good all the time. And a lot of times we'll, you know, we're, uh, we don't want to be uh, uh, fair-weather Christians. We want to be Christians that serve God even when it rains out, pours out, snows out, or uh, when the sun comes out. All right? We just praise God all the time. We're living that life. We're thankful. We sing of Him. We sing of His goodness to us. And we let others know that Jesus Christ lives and reigns and rules in our lives. The second thing that we noticed is, as David moves away from just, you know, uh, the, the way in which I conduct my life, now he's getting a little more personal. Now he's looking at things and saying, look, I, wanna, I, want, I want God to know that I'm going to behave wisely and in the perfect way, not only when I'm outside, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live that way inside my house as well. Remember, we asked the question, you know, who are you when no one else is looking? Who are you? What, what do people know about you? Do they only know you because they see you at church on Sunday? Or what happens if they show up at your door and they knock? Uh, what, what, what will it be like when they walk into your house? Uh, you know, and they see you in another environment. Maybe you're out in a grocery store or you're out in a restaurant somewhere. What kind of behavior, what kind of lifestyle are you living? Uh, is this something that you'd be embarrassed about? What if Jesus showed up at your doorstep? Would you be embarrassed by him coming in and seeing the kind of life you're living? What if he just kind of just showed up? Just, just He just was there. You didn't even know, but he was there. This is what the psalmist is talking about. And he said, oh, when when will you come to me? You know, we don't know. You know, you, you never know when when things like that are going to happen. You never know what's going to take place. So, so home is that place, and you got to remember, it's easy to cast off restraints when you're home. Do you, or do you always remain vigilant about your walk with God and conduct your life in such a way that you are well behaved and walking upright and perfect before the Lord in all your ways? Now, again. This is one of those areas. Now, I know we struggle with this. I, you know, I'm, I'm the first to admit sometimes that, that, that home is a hard place for some people. Uh, we've seen it. 
But you got to understand, you can't just come to church on Sunday and live for Jesus and then go home and act like he doesn't exist. That is not the way he wants us to live. So what we have to look at then is to understand that, that we have to be, we have to be well behaved at home as well as when we're out and about, when everybody sees us. The third thing I think we need to look at here is found in verse three when he says, I will uh, set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. Uh, it will not cling to me. And this is, he talks about how that he's not going to regard iniquity. So a well-behaved believer will not regard iniquity in his heart. He will not allow it to come into his life. We cannot help uh, with the seeing of vile things. It's there. It's all around us. But it is very different uh, for us to deliberately and willingly set our eyes before things that are vile. You know, with the uh, uh, invention of cell phones, and especially now smartphones, and they've gone so beyond the old flip phones, uh, and things, uh, you, you might as well, you're walking around with a computer in your hands, and there's, you know, you can see, watch, hear, anything and everything under the sun. And there is no such thing as parental guidance because kids today pretty much know more about those things than most parents do. So whatever blocks you put on them when they're little, you can do that. But when they get a little older, they learn. They know how. So the thing is, is this, is that we have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to set vile things before me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow my eyes to behold things liberal, you know, deliberately. I'm not going to do it willingly. You know, it's one thing, it's one thing to, to uh, get, get yourself caught in a situation where you didn't know it was coming. It's another thing to willingly go right into it. Amen. And this is what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, I will not. I will not allow, I will not set wicked things before me. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to set something wicked in front of me. I'm, I'm going to hate the things, you know, that cause people to fall away. I'm going to, I'm going to hate those things that, uh, and the work of those who fall away, those who, who are out. And you know, there's, there's people out there, you know, you, you go to the job. I remember when I worked a job, I worked a secular job. And, and when I was out there, I remember the guys that I used to work with, they used to do all kinds of things to me because they found out I was a Christian. And they knew that I was a minister. And they did all kinds of ungodly things. They thought it was cute. And you know, when I got, you know, it, it, you're just there. Stuff they did then, they don't do now because they, they would get fired from their job if they did them now because you're not allowed to do it. But back then, it was commonplace. You know, to, 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 to do those kind, kinds of things, you know, went on all the time. And, and I had to always be careful because my responses is what they were looking for. They were wanting to see what I would do, how I would respond. Would I join in with them or would I take a stand against it? Would I, you know, would I stand there while they're telling their rude and crude jokes or would I walk away? You know, this is what, and this is what the psalmist is saying. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the psalmist says in 66 and 18 of Psalms, if I regard iniquity in my heart, then the Lord will not hear me. That's a big one right there. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know, Romans eight and thir uh, thir Romans 13 and 14 says, uh, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So think of it this way. It's like getting up every day and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm putting you on. Like I put my shirt on. You know, like I, I get dressed, I get dressed with the Lord too. So that when I walk out the door today, I'm not making any provision for the flesh because I want to walk it with Jesus Christ. It's necessary for us, isn't it, to resolve in our own hearts to say, you know what, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let 
the the things of this world, the wicked of this world fall on me, at least not on purpose. Now, I know I live in a world, man, we live in a world that gets crazy. And there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, you, you can't even, it's like you, today you can't even turn on the television without seeing ungodliness. It's, it's very rare to even see that. And we got to be careful. I know it's, it's, it, and it's, 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 it's unfair. Yes. Okay. It's unfair. But so what? This is not our home, folks. We're not living here forever. We're, this is, we're just passing through. And so while we're passing through, though, we've got to maintain a spirit of holiness. We've got to maintain a spirit of godliness in our lives because the world is watching us. They're watching us. And it's necessary for us to resolve verse 3 in our own heart and apply it into our lives with what we see, the places we go, the people we associate with, and the, and the thoughts of our own hearts. We've got to be careful so that we do it the right way. See, we are called, as the people of God, we're called to holiness. You know, 2 Corinthians 7.11, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I know it's not popular. <laughs> There's very, very few places you are hearing what I'm saying right now. There's very few churches that you'll go to where you'll hear a minister get up and say, you've got to cleanse yourself from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God in your life. That's just not common. Not today. It used to be. I remember growing up in church, it was all, that's all you heard. You always, they always talked about living holy, being righteous, because Jesus was coming at any moment. You never know when the Lord's going to show up. It's kind of what we talked about you know, yesterday when we talked about how that you never know who's going to be knocking at your door. If Jesus comes knocking at your door, he's going to see a holy lifestyle or he's going to see an unholy lifestyle. If he shows up on your job while you're out there, is he going to see someone who is perfecting holiness in his life in the fear of God? Or is he going to see someone who's just living their lives and, and just whatever goes, goes? This is very important for us. And I know, I know, it's not easy for us to deal. So here's the thing you got to ask yourself. What business do we have as Christians dealing with wickedness? I mean, what, 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 what purpose do we have in that? You know, if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. This is, again, this is something you've got, we've, as believers, we've got to get a hold of. Somewhere along the way, we've got to recognize, you know what, I cannot... Say that I love God and still love the world. I cannot say that I am a believer in Jesus Christ and I walk with Him and He walks with me if I'm still walking with wickedness in my life. Somewhere along the way, I've got to let it go. I've got to give it up. I've got to stop doing those kinds of things because if I'm going to be who I say I am, then I have no fellowship with that part of the world. I have no fellowship with unholiness. Because I want to behave in a way that brings God honor. I want to live my life in a way that brings God glory in all that I do. So he tells us here, you know, if you're standing on the foundation of God, and that's the foundation you're building your life on, and you know that you had the seal of God on your life, he sealed you unto the day of his return, then you've got to be willing to say, you know what? 
God knows who I am because he says, I know those who are mine. He knows me by name. He knows where I am, knows what I'm doing, and I'm not going to allow iniquity. I'm not going to allow wickedness. I'm not going to allow uncleanness to dwell in my life. I'm going to separate myself from it once and for all. I, I've got to, because the Lord's not pleased if I don't. And that's something so important. And I know, and again, I know, I, I don't want us to get hung up on this thing. Well, you know, you got to get hung up on, 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 on the way you dress or the way your hairstyle is or things like that. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't dress appropriately. I, I believe that you should be careful, you know, not to draw attention to you, but always keep the attention toward Christ. But I am saying this. I am saying what fellowship do you have with wickedness? What fellowship do we have? Why would we allow the world to taint our hearts when God has called us out of that stuff? He said, come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. Now, he's not saying that you don't have nothing to do with people. No, that's not what he's saying. But he's saying, you're not to be, uh, you know, allowing the things of this world, to, you know, you don't talk like the world talks. You don't act like the world acts. You don't uh, see the things, look at the things the world looks at. You're different because Christ has saved you and redeemed you and turned your heart toward Him. So it becomes important for you to live in such a way, as the psalmist said, I will, I will behave in such a way that I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And I will hate those who fall away, and I will, and it will not cling to me. I will not allow it to get a hold of me. I'm not going to be like Velcro, <laughs> where things just stick to me. I ain't going to do that. I am going to make sure that I keep my heart in a place where God can, can use me, and God can speak to me, and God can keep me upright. And His Word will speak into my life, and I'll walk according to His Word, not according to the precepts of men, but according to the statutes of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Something else I think it's important for us to look at when, it, when he talks about this, and he, and he talks about this in, in verse 3 again, and this is the idea, they shall not cling to me. Um, you know, this is the, the, the idea that as a believer, we are to separate ourselves from the spirit of this age. You know, we, we cannot, even though we're in this world, we cannot be of it. The deeds of of Faithless men, David said, I, I, I can't stand the deeds of faithless men. And he resolved that those that, that type of life is not going to be the life I'm going to measure up to. They're not, those are not my heroes. Those are not the people that I'm going to be looking toward. Faithless men. I, you know, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of, uh, 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 how would I say it? I don't spend a lot of time you know, uh, glorifying people who do these exploits, you know, like a football player, or baseball player. Uh, I, that, that does not thrill me at all. I, I don't, there was a time in my life probably it did, but it doesn't now. I, I, I just can't, especially when, when you, you, you think, okay, they're, they're great athletes, but then they turn around, they walk off the field, and they, they live ungodly. They beat their wives or their girlfriends. They're living and they're shacking up. They're doing all this kind of stuff. They're partying to the wee hours of the morning. 
And you know, they're thinking like they're they're untouchable because they can do this one thing. I'm not going to do that. I am not going to allow my life to get caught up into that. I'll not let a worldly spirit get that spirit's in them. I'm not going to let it get in me. I don't want that spirit in me. I don't want, and I don't want to glorify that. And I'm sure not. I'm sure not going to lift that spirit up. And, you know, it's easy for Christians to fall into worldly living in our day and time. This is—it's true. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's easy because there's, it's so accessible. We there's so many things that one can indulge in in, in the world, uh, you know, and even and even say, well, you know what? Uh, it, it doesn't hurt anybody. I'm not hurting anybody when I do this. You know, it's only me. You know, nobody else. But you know what? When you when you start using the corruption of the world in your life, when you start speaking corrupt like the world talks. When you start adopting the world's debased standards, when you start doing that, then you're no longer what you say you are. So it becomes very important for us, doesn't it, to say, you know what, I'm going to live a separated life from those things. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, and, and I know we use this scripture verse a lot of times dealing with it deals with like a boyfriend and girlfriend. We're trying, we tell teenagers, you know, if you're going to marry somebody, you know, pay attention to this verse. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? But listen to me, it doesn't just deal with the spouse you're going to choose. Granted, it has something to do with that. I believe that you should be careful who you yoke your life to. You know what a yoke is. You know, have you ever seen two oxen Side by side, they have a huge, this huge wooden yoke that comes over one and over the other one. And you better be careful who you yoke your life to. You know, and you better not yoke your life to unrighteousness because righteousness and unrighteousness cannot be yoked together. Lawlessness and lawfulness cannot be yoked together. They won't. You'll be doing this. Can't do that. So what you have to, and you know, and, and you know, as much as I would you know, would hope that righteousness would always win out, you know, but you can't missionary date your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your future spouse. If they're not a believer right now, why are you with them? That's just plain and simple. Why would you do that? You know good and well. You know, well, they're not bad people. Well, no, they're not bad right now, but you know, you're not married to them either. What happens when you get married to them? A lot of things change after marriage. A lot of people don't believe that, but it's true. Things are not the same as they are when you're dating. When you're dating, you're covering yourself. You're wearing masks. When you're dating, there's things that you're not showing. You're not revealing. But when you're married, you know what? The masks come off. So you've got to be careful not to yoke yourself together with unbelievers. Don't, don't, go, into, don't go into business partnerships with people that are not believers. My goodness, why would you do that? They're not going to have the same attitude about money as you do. Especially if you believe in, in supporting the kingdom of God. They're not going to do that. So you get into a business arrangement with someone, what's going to happen? Well, there's probably going to be a party on the way at some point in time. Because somewhere along the way, somebody's going to, you know, one or the other, either, either you're going to start following suit with the unbeliever or the unbeliever, you know, is going to influence you and, and you're going to do things you shouldn't be doing. It, it, you know, very rarely, and I, and I mean this, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but very rarely do you see 
righteous men who align themselves with unrighteous men and get in business relationships with them where the righteous man ends up winning over the unrighteous man. Because what happens is, is that that unrighteous man begins to do what he wants to do and he does it despite the fact that the man is righteous. So you got to be, how can two walk together unless they agree? There has to be agreement there. So be careful with your life. Be careful how you live your life. Purpose in your heart, you know what? I'm not going to commune as light with something in the darkness. I'm going to keep myself away from the things and I'm going to separate my, I'm not going to let that cling to my life. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do business with people that are not Christians, okay? In fact, I've done business with both and I know what it's like to deal with both, okay? And I'm not going to say bad things about either one of them. I'm just telling you, you know, you got to be careful. You're going to get into a, if you're going to yoke yourself to something, yoke to those who have the same heart, same mind, same way, same thought process, same building process in their lives, same foundation and everything. Make sure it's there. If it's not there, you're going to have problems. It's going to create a lot of difficulty in your life. This is the reason why a lot of marriages are falling and, and why we've got a lot of unsaved spouses that they, their, their husband may come to church or the wife may come to church and be, they're Christians, but their other spouse is not. And it's a rarity for that to get along, for them to get along well. You know, if you're, if you're in that, praise God. You know, but it, it's not normal. Normally, that's not the way it is, especially if you're really living a godly life and a holy life before the Lord. It's somewhere along the way. There can be a lot of difficulty. This is a warning. And a lot of people go into this without even heeding the warning that God gives when He tells them that you're not to, don't, don't do it, just don't do it. You're better off if you don't do it. And I'm telling you, a lot of people say, well, I'll do it. You know, I believe they're going to get saved. I believe they're going to change. Well, and they may very well be. I'm not, I'm not going to say that they won't. But you know what? You're going into it with your eyes wide open. It's not like you're going to go into it and say, well, I didn't know. You know, you know. And you even know when the Holy Spirit's telling you don't do something. You know. So be careful what you're doing. I hope you're, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. And I hope you hear my heart. Okay? Because I love people. I love unbelievers. And I want unbelievers to come into Christ, and I want them there. But what I don't want to get myself involved in is I don't want to let that stuff cling on to my life because it doesn't have any, I have no association with that. And I need to learn how to live my life in such a way that I please God instead of pleasing men. So I don't know where you are in your relationships. I don't know uh, how you are, but I know like Daniel said it in Daniel 1 and 8, he said he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies or the wine in which he drank. They, uh, Daniel said, I'm not, I, I'm not going to do it. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how good it smells. I don't care how great it tastes. I'm not going to defile myself because that stuff was offered up to idols and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I want to trust God and I'm going to live my life separate from that stuff. And God honored him because of it. And I believe God can honor you if you take a stand. And if you'll be the, the man or woman God's called you to be, in front of everyone. Be consistent. The problem is, is when you're not consistent. That's where the problem lies. So you got to be consistent in your lifestyle. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have today. We'll get into this a little bit further tomorrow. So uh, God bless you. Thank you again for joining with us for another Shelter Daily in His Word. And I just pray that God will be with you. Father, just continue to watch over them as they go throughout their day today. Bless them, I pray. And God, we know that your blessings, God, are new every day. 
So God, be new to them every day, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again for another Shelter Daily in His Word.